Got a little Conference USA championship hat on. Check. CFB Nation polo on. Check. Welcome to another marvelous episode. Today we're going to talk about this 12-team playoff format. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to talk about what I think is the new landscape of college football. College football is ever-changing. It's constantly changing. You're seeing a lot of people who were kind of used to the old style of college football getting out of it. I truly believe that we're about to see kind of the best version of college football. That's if you like chaos. I I like chaos. I mean, I think all of our grandmothers, you know, back in the 90s, kind of utilized us as remotes, made sure we got their little carbonated beverage out the refrigerator. My grandmother liked 7-Up, so I would get her carbonated beverages. I would go grab her remote so she can watch her stories at 12 o'clock. And back then, I didn't understand why she used to watch these stories. But now that I'm a huge college football fan and there's nothing but stories in our sport, I get it. Governor College Football, hashtag go CFB. CFB Nation, your only college football destination. Let's get it. Governor of College Football, we're going to recap ACC. Hey, that's CJ. Defensive the minds. They have to be better on that side So we have recently left the college football 14 era in our sport, and we're heading into the 12-team playoff era, and there's there's a sense of uncertainty. I know a lot of you guys are worried about where the sport is headed. You know, we saw Jeff Halfley leave Boston College after a fantastic, fantastic portal season. He really did his thing, and we see him leave there and go to be the defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. And ultimately, he said he wanted to be a part of something that the coaching matters because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes of college football. But NFL, in my opinion, can't compete with our sport, especially the regular season. So let's talk about the ever-changing college football landscape. So we recently were in the era of, like I said, the 14 playoff, and then where we had the Power 5 schools in the group of five schools, so we know with the extinction of the Pac-12 that we'll probably some people probably just call it the group of, I'm sorry, the power of four schools in the group of five schools. No, 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 no. As you can see on this graphic that I have, we now have three tiers. Went from two tiers to three tiers. We have now our SP2. That's our superpower conferences. The Big Ten and SEC, yes, they deserve to be in a tier by themselves. We have the P2 which is the power two, that is the Big 12 and ACC. And I know Big 12 fans are like, yo, like, Brett Yarmark did a daggone good job at sustaining what we have, brung in a plethora of schools. Yo, we are a budding conference and we are here. Absolutely. Big, big, big fan of Brett Yarmark. And if you've been following me for a while, you've probably seen a video that I did last year on how George Klyokov kind of waited in hope <laughs> while Brett Yormark got busy. But you did lo- lose the two of the highest grossing programs in America. Granted, you gained one of the highest grossing programs in America and Utah because those fans out there are crazy. But I think it's spectacular what the Big 12 did, but there still is some distance. Now, if you guys can close that gap, 
We'll see it this season, but there still is some distance in between the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC. And then we have our group of five. The group of five remains the same with the Mountain West, the Sun Belt Conference, the MAC Conference USA, and the American. So I really wanted to deep dive into this discussion, and I want to propose a couple questions to you, and I kind of want to provoke Thorpe in the comment section. Do you feel like with the new proposed format, there'll be pretty much and, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later. Of course, you're going to have your six automatic bids and then your six at-large bids. And I'll explain what that is later if you kind of don't, you know, watch college basketball. But there's something interesting going on in the, in the Mountain West, and I, and I feel like it deserves our, our attention. So in the Mountain West, Oregon and Washington State, who they, they still their own conference. They're holding strong. They the, they the Damian Lillard of college football. I mean, it, it is what it is. They're loyal to the soil. Giannis Antetokounmpo, all of the superlatives you want to you want to utilize, they're loyal to to the soil. They're playing their base regular season games are mostly Mountain West games. They're they're in conference game. If you want to still count the Pac two as a conference, is essentially you know playing each other. And then they still have some non-conference games, and I have big, you know, excited news to bring to you. The Civil War was still going on. I was worried about it with the politics and the semantics of college football. Yes, you know, with the chaos, we do get messiness. But I was expecting, like, yo, is this going to end? But no, they're still slated to play this year for both the the Civil Wars and the Apple Cup. But here's where it gets interesting, and here's where I I believe that the Pac-2 made a mistake. When we go back to the COVID season, we saw because of proximity, Notre Dame essentially joined the ACC and was able, even though they're an independent program, they were able to play in the ACC championship, which was able to catapult them into the 2020 college football playoff. A lot of people don't remember that. I felt like if Oregon State and Washington State kind of played their cards right, they will be able to play their core Mountain West games sneak into the Mountain West Championship, and then boom, you got your automatic bid into the college football playoff. That's not how they're doing it. I don't know how they're going to do it. I guess they're essentially like the Pac-2 is essentially like independent schools. But does that hurt their chances more than it helps their chances? And also, the Mountain West Conference is a budding conference. It's a much better conference than you think it is, especially with teams like Air Force. Air Force is one of the darlings of college football in 2023. Fresno State has been good for a while. San Diego State is a growing program. Also, San Jose State is a growing program. So when you look at these these schools, there's a, there's a lot of talent out there. But these two teams, other than, you know, if let's say, let's say Oregon State, is able to somehow win the Civil War, and I believe that is in Eugene. Don't quote me on that. They're somehow able to win the Civil War. They run the table at 12 and 0. Well, they should get into the college football playoff, but it won't be one of the automatic bids. It'll be one of the, the at-large bids, which is the, one of the 7 through 12 teams. So I thought that was interesting. I, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, it's cool. You guys are playing your core games. It still works. You're essentially independent, but you're not playing a conference championship. That, that kind of hurts you more than it, it helps you. So let's go to this next slide. So here's a graphic of what the 2023 college football playoff would have looked like. You know, Michigan at one, Washington at two, Texas at three. 
Alabama at four, they they get the bye. So in the new format, top six conference championship winners get what are called automatic bids. They hold the top six slots. What I assume is that the top four teams will be one from the ACC, one from the Big Ten, one from the Big Twelve, and one from the SEC. That that's why I would assume one one from you know the two P and uh and the, and the two P conferences. That that's why I would assume who will get the buy. And then the last two schools will probably be G five schools if they keep this current format. Because I'm not certain that we're getting the twelve kind of best teams if we have two G five schools. Huge advocate for one, and don't get me wrong, I love G five football. Overreaction. Mondays and on the overreaction previews that Nino and I, my brother, do during the week. We talk a lot of G5 football. I went to more weekday games last year than I went to weekend games. I was a staple at Liberty. I was a staple at JMU. I was a staple at Virginia Tech, even though that's a that's a P5 school. But I support the group of five, but I'm just not certain that they should get two cracks at being in the playoffs i'm not i'm not certain about that so more on the the format so we talked about the automatic bids. now let's talk about the at-large bids school 7 through 12 who make it into the playoff are what we call the at-large bids that is based on the college football playoff ranking and those 7 through 12 teams so being the person that i am i can essentially say that those 7 through 12 teams are probably going to be from one of the two superpower conferences that's the difference. Let's take a look at last year to see, I'm, I'm sorry, this past season, see if I'm correct. At number seven, we have Ohio State. At number, granted, uh, Liberty would be in a different spot. Liberty would be at six and Georgia would be at somewhere else. So Georgia, at whatever spot they are, because Liberty don't count. Ole Miss, Penn State, Oregon, Missouri. Where are they from? They are all from the superpower conferences, and that's why it matters to be in the superpower conference because you're going to see some hurt teams. Back to Oregon State and Washington State. If Oregon State and Washington State are 11-1, right? Not, not, not both of them, but one of those schools are 11-1. 11-1. No conference championship. I would assume that in the ranking – that final college football playoff ranking that one of these superpower programs, if they have two losses or even three losses, will probably get the bid over them because they didn't play in the conference championship and they are essentially their own, but they kind of play in the Mountain West games. And with the strength of schedule, because they're in a superpower conference, they're going to get the bid over that team. So I'm pretty confident in saying that if not, 100% of these 7 through 12 schools are from superpower schools that, hey, at least five of these six schools that get these automatic bids are going to be from the superpower conferences. Also, I always say that, you know, college football has the greatest regular season. That's unquestioned. You just look at week in, week after week after week, it'll survive in advance. Big believer in that. But the postseason does need a little bit of work. I think the playoff is great. I love the 14 format. I have questions about the 12-team format, but I, I still like the 12-team format. I think a lot of people would be surprised by that. But I think what college's biggest area of opportunity is are the, are the bowl games. They have to find a way to give more lore to them because, you know, we see a lot of players skip out. 
you know, some, some of these games kind of feel like participation trophies, which, you know, bowl games are good for the programs. The programs get money. The sponsors of these bowls take very good care of these programs, but uh, feel like, hey, we're just going to give you a trophy. You, you were 500 or better. That's how it feels. So, looking at this playoff that's, that's, that's on the screen right now, there are some matchups that I wouldn't like. Like I said, Liberty will be switched, but we'll just keep it the same, kind of how it is now. Liberty at Florida State, even with Jordan Travis out, I think that's a bloodbath. Blood, blood and then we get Florida State versus Alabama, and I think that would probably be a bad game in the other way. But we do get a really good game at the 8-9 slot with Oregon and Missouri. That would have been an exciting game. I'd love to see that game, though I think either one of those teams were probably lost to Michigan. Georgia versus Penn State, I think the 12-team – Playoff format would have benefited Georgia this past season more than anybody because they could have they could have run the table. They really could. Ohio State versus Ole Miss, arguably the best one of the best matchups of the playoff. So there is lore to this. Like your positioning matters. It matters so much because the first round, if you're in the first round, you get a home game. It's not even a bowl game. It's another game and it's at home. So imagine a, a matchup playing a postseason game at home. That's kind of like the NFL and what the 12 team playoff has done. If we look at American sports, professional American sports, NBA essentially gets 20 teams into their playoff. You say, how do you get 20 teams? There's only 16. Well, you got to play in and there's 10 teams are eligible in each, each conference. Like, yeah, it's almost, you know, 20 teams have a chance of making the playoffs. That's a very high percentage. NFL is 14. Of the 32 teams, that's somewhere around 44%. Same thing with MLB, same thing with NHL. There's such a high chance, but out of 133 schools that are in the FBS in the four team system, there was only a 3% chance. Even with this 12 team system, there's what, a 9% chance? So you still, it still matters. Those regular season game matters. The conference championship games matter. It matters 100%. And I truly feel this way. I'm excited for the madness. I'm excited for what this season is going to bring us. And as I always like to say, there are no more victories in the sport. That's surviving in fans. That's why college football has the greatest regular season. And until next time, y'all already know what it is. One. Governor of college football. We're going to recap ACC. Hey, that's CJ. They have to be better on that side of the